I'm Jack Samlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2017 Precision Farming Dealer Podcast Series. Today's program, Selling Yourself and Your Dealership as a Precision Package, is once again being brought to you by Farmer's Edge. If you're tuning in for the first time, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this series, currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. Or if there's another app you prefer for listening to podcasts, let us know. We'll make every effort to get it listed there as well. And by subscribing, you'll be able to get an alert when upcoming episodes in this series are released and the opportunity to go back and check out earlier episodes in this series. I also urge you to mark your calendars. Plan to attend the upcoming Precision Farming Dealer Summit January 8th and 9th in Louisville. The theme of this dealer-only event is bridging the precision profitability gap and will feature a mix of general sessions, panel presentations, and roundtable discussions. Space is limited, and you can visit precisionfarmingdealersummit.com for more information and speaker updates. Thanks again to Farmer's Edge, proud to partner with dealers across the United States to unlock exceptional opportunities for their farm customers. Through innovative technology and field-centric tools, their whole farm smart solution will strengthen your platform and enhance your customer relations. Grow opportunities for your customers and become a representative for Farmer's Edge today. Visit them at farmersedgeusa.com slash become a representative or call them at 952-582-1398. Well, the first step in establishing a brand for your precision business is taking a look in the mirror and figuring out what exactly you are and what do you want to be. Certain questions need to be asked, including, who do we want to be? What do we want to represent ourselves as? Where is that going to take us? What is the need of our marketplace? And then lastly, can we make money? Is it profitable? As Kevin Deppies, a member of the management team at Ritchie Implement, a three-store dealership based in Wisconsin, and Pete Youngblood, owner of Youngblood Ag in Iowa say, A dealership can have the best marketing strategy in the world, but if it's not making money, it just doesn't make sense. In today's Precision Farming Dealer podcast brought to you by Farmer's Edge, we welcome Kevin and Pete in to share their philosophies for developing a productive and profitable branding strategy for a precision business. First thing, you know, when Jack asked for me to put something together, I was like, well, marketing strategy. Everybody thinks of it very passively, and you know, what is marketing strategy? So I just had to break down myself even, again, to figure out what, what we were doing and what we wanted to talk about. And in all reality, marketing has a couple pieces to it. Research, promotion, and advertising. And then the strategy is just, what are you doing to enable, to get to an end result? In, a, in every marketing strategy, there's some evolution involved with it. There's a little start, a beginning, a middle, an end, all that. What you have to do is your constant research will always drive that evolution of your strategy. If you have a stagnant strategy, four years from now, you're not gonna be in business. Everything changes and your strategy has to change with that. So the execution will also vary as your strategy evolves. So we were looking back, you know, like how did we get to where we are today? You know, I kind of mentioned it was passive. We, we really didn't plan a strategy, but looking back at it, 
we, we did do some identification. You know, we had to look at our variables. What, what's in our marketplace that, that is different than central Illinois, Florida, Texas? Um, and then we really had to look in the mirror. You know, who do we want to be? What do we want to represent ourselves as? And, and where is that going to take us? And what is the need of our marketplace? How can we fit into that with who we want to be and fill that need? And then lastly, can you make money? Is it profitable? Yeah, you can have the best marketing strategy in the world, and if you're not making money, you just can't do it. It just doesn't make sense. So we looked at our market. We had some pros, some cons, and ultimately some of these cons even turned back into pros once we really looked at them. Uh, a few of our, uh, our, our pros is we've, we have a very highly variable marketplace. Anything from corn, beans, forage crops, vegetables, you name it, we, we can grow it up in southwest Wisconsin. Cotton, we can't. There was a very high need for, for quality service providers. When, when we were stepping into the marketplace, we were stepping in about 2007, and there wasn't anybody really in, in our area that was uh, going full bore, uh, pushing the precision farming. At that point in time, you know, it was designed for what we considered flat, straight fields. Our marketplace didn't really allow for some of what was available in our perceptions. The other big pro we had is consistent workloads, our ability to have persistent work, consistent workloads. With our varying crops, we can pretty, uh, stay pretty busy uh, March till December, in all reality, um, working in different uh, marketplaces. Some of our cons, you know, we have a large amount of local competition. One thing about Wisconsin is it's very hard to minimize dealerships. So you can go 10 miles any direction and run into four or five dealerships. So you, you've got a lot of inline competition as well as a lot of uh, straight competitors. Very high price sensitive. We get some dairy market. Uh, Wisconsin is, is a little bit known for being price conscious on all their decisions. Um, so we always had to keep in mind value and, and keeping the price where it is a stable price point that is sustainable to our farmers. One big problem we had was the mindset that everybody assumed everything's equal. GPS is GPS, auto steer is auto steer, and that's not a true statement by any means. You get what you pay for, and there is still some di differentiators in there that you can get yourself above the rest. And we have hills, hills, trees, valleys. We have non-optimal operating conditions. Um, that is probably one of the biggest struggles for getting into the business was how to overcome just the, the terrain um, variances we had uh, to, to make the things work. And then finally, everybody struggles with this, the people pool. You just try to find the right people to fill the spots and, and you kind of stretch your resources out and you're trying to build this department and you just run out of bodies. So where do you get the bodies to do what you need to do to provide the quality service that you want to provide? So digging a little bit deeper into our market evaluation, we, we really noticed because of that gap of, um, I guess what I would call us, we're, we're a late adapter in our area. Um, so in 2007, when we were looking at this picture, nobody out there had a PF specialist in our area. Nobody was uh, advertising you know, any sort of RTK networks or precision farming services at that time. So we, we had a slow adoption rate. We had to figure out how we could teach and educate our customers and get them talking about the products, because you gotta get excitement. In order to get them even interested, they gotta be excited about it. So 
we really needed to look at our competition, figure out our differentiation, and build excitement, build product knowledge, get them in the door, get them asking questions. Ultimately, when we looked in the mirror and who we wanted to be, our biggest differentiator we had was our people and our training. Part of our people and our training lead to our facilities and what we can offer, but uh, our, our dealership group really focuses on knowledge. Uh, it was brought up on the uh, consumer's rich, so, you know, you gotta know what you're talking about. And if, if you wanted to get in the marketplace and I sell GPS and it comes from a little beam up in the sky and you don't really know much, you're not gonna uh, capture that marketplace. You're just gonna be another number, another salesman that drives in the yard trying to pitch something. Or if you can put value into your knowledge, that's how you can build your brand. And we also had a set of precedents. Uh, the worst part about being a leader in the marketplace is everybody's trying to follow you because they see it works, they see money being made. So when you're the early guy into the marketplace, easiest way for everybody else to capture some of that market is cut pricing. So we had to set the precedence in our area that if we didn't sell it, unfortunately you're not on the top priority. It was a very tough pill to swallow, being so service oriented throughout our dealerships. We never wanted to say no, and ultimately if we didn't say no, all we would have is service at the end of the day. We wouldn't have any of the sales if everybody was buying on price and we were servicing everything out there. So we had to really lay down a precedence across our whole team and make sure that everybody was on the same page, that we gotta take care of the guys who took care of us in the beginning, and if, the, if Joe Smith calls, he didn't buy it from us, he's still an important person, but we have to make sure we take care of everybody else first and then we'll take care of Joe. So we looked in the mirror, who do we want to be? Can we put this as a standalone business? No. No. We just couldn't. It just it didn't work with what we were. We sell Richie Implement. We don't sell whole goods. We don't sell service. We don't sell parts. We sell the whole dealership. So in order to put this together, we really wanted to sell our package, our team, our parts guys, our service guys, uh, our sales guys as a whole, to, to provide the best first pass quality. We didn't want to be known to have to come out three times to get something going. So we were really focused on first pass quality and doing what we say we're gonna do. So that took a little bit, again, looking in your gut and really holding true to what you wanted to be going through this process, because you can see the other dealers out there just selling everything at maybe smaller margins, but getting high volume out the door. But the sustainability of keeping that customer happy, we just couldn't see how it would work long term. So, keeps going back to our people. These are the guys that make this work. Everybody is as important across our whole team as the ladies in the front, all the way to the guy who helps wash our equipment when it comes off the truck. Part of it is keeping a st stable team. Turnover is inevitable. Everybody's gonna have it. It's hard to conquer, it's hard to master, it's hard to figure out how to keep everybody stable. But ultimately, if you have a whole team involved, we, we can get some stability out of it. We went through some turnover, it's happened. Um, but as I talk a little bit more, our approach I felt was easier to overcome the uh, turnover than, than uh, if we had a standalone department. And we're not a commodity, we are different. That's what everybody in this room needs to remember when you go out there back home. You guys are different than your neighbors. You're different than your competitors. That's what's gonna drive your brand and that's what's gonna drive profitability to your dealership. So what did we do? 
We, we built this package as being strong as one. We, we can maximize our margins a little bit better. You know, uh, I've been around a few other dealerships and you can hear the sales group kind of chuckling, you know, uh, uh, the PF group over there. Uh, I had to give away one of the receivers to get this tractor deal done. You know, that giveaway or discount mentality went away once we brought everybody together. The sales staff is ultimately part of our PF staff. Um, all of our new sales staff actually has to be a precision farming specialist in order to become a sales staff member. So everybody knows how to talk the talk and walk the walk. Some guys are a little bit more specialized than others. So we turn over and let our specialists take over um, those particular areas just so we make sure we're presenting the right knowledge to our customers. And then here's where we can mask our weaknesses. You lose one man, you don't lose the whole show. You just, you just lost one part of your puzzle. Because of everybody's experiences and being part of the team, it's a lot easier for the group to overcome the one person missing while you, while you fill the void, while you retrain. So we feel when we did have a little turnover, we didn't, we didn't drop the ball, we kept running with it. We may, may have took a little bit longer to pass it, but we could still keep moving it forward. And every department is our PF department. We don't want to use the term, oh, we well, gotta, to, gotta talk to Joe, because he's the PF guy. No, I can talk and tell you what you need to know, but once we get to these particulars, I'd like to bring Joe in with me on this conversation and, and get you the details that you really need. So we're all partners throughout the whole process. We could gain billable time. We got rid of saying, well, we'll send the PF guy out. It's, well, we'll set up a service call. When you say the word service call, billable. You know, that's the first thing the customer thinks of, I'm getting a bill. Before, when we first started, ah, send the PF guy out, freebie. That, that's kind of right in the back of their mind, you know, it's coming for free. So we, we wanted to get more billable time on our books. And, and part, of, uh, part of doing that is just building the team and get everybody talking the right verbiage. Um, we also help pull list pricing across the whole board. Everything sold at list price. Again, it was, we're not discounting our products because we're selling our team. We're not just selling numbers. We're not just selling a, a display in a box. And then it also helps spread the workloads out. You weren't just looking at that one person to be your, your savior, your, your know-it-all, your jack-in-the-box, you know, the go-to man. We all have go-to guys in the complex, but yet we can still rely on other people throughout the season. For example, all of our young stale staff, when it's planting time, there's not much selling going on in all reality. Um, so they're out there. They're building relationships with the customers. They're helping solve problems with the customers and it, it helps grow our whole team and our whole field. Know your limits. We have to know our limits. You can't oversell what you can't service. One, one old gentleman told me once, and I'll never forget it. He goes, he got done with the phone call, hung up, he's like, ah, I lost the deal. And he smiled at me, and I was like, what's going on? He looked at me and he goes, hey, if you win them all, you're doing something wrong. And at that point in time, I was really young. I didn't really know what he meant. And looking back at it, if you win them all, you're probably either making mistakes, you're pricing yourself too cheap, you're not selling your value of what you really are bringing to the table. Take care of those who take care of you. If, if they're buying from you, they're doing it for a reason. They expect top-notch service right away, right off the bat. If you're... If you're at the neighbor who didn't buy anything from you and the guy sees it, it just it does not sit well with the customer who spent 40000 bucks with you that spring. And then move away from the pro bono. 
just get away from the freebies. That, that is it's something that was nece necessary when we started, but now we're moving away from that 100%. Everything has to be billable, whether it's internal or to a customer bill. And then, you know, how can we convey our message? We went with 100% word of mouth. We didn't pay for any advertisement because we wanted to, A, not get over, not oversell what we couldn't service, and B, we, we wanted to be known as a whole product venue, not, not just a precision farming store. And then, how do you measure profitability? A lot of intangibilities out there. You gotta look at the symbiotic sales. A lot of things come together as part of the package. It's hard to put measurements into it. As long as it's sustainable for your dealership, you're doing it right. Biggest thing is try to keep as much accountability for your time as you can and billable for your time. Point of view. This one thing goes right to the management on top of every dealership. You gotta look at it. People who are, uh, look at it as a necessary evil, I, I cringe when I hear that term out there. When I hear the term necessary evil, I think of a, a dealer principal or a management team that doesn't understand the value that precision farming brings to the dealership. And that's typically the, the dealership that is discounting a lot of what's going on, a lot of pricing. They're giving away free labor. We want to look at it as an essential advantage. This is your essential advantage to get into that farm, to build your partnership with that, deal, uh, with that customer and that grower. And you still got to watch your numbers. You know, some are more important than others. Ultimately, with, with technology, you got to watch your inventory. Obsolete inventory can, can kill you, and then your billable time. You know, signs of a successful uh, uh, strategy, you know, are they talking? Well, not all talking's great, so make sure you know what the content is that they're talking about. Make sure they're happy with your service, happy with you. Word travels faster than any paid advertisement. And are you the first one they call and talk to? And then lastly, does your team play? Does everybody play? The important thing to know is not everybody can be the quarterback, but everybody's got to have a role in the team. Like I said, we don't sell PF, we sell Richie Implement, and we, we go to build partnerships with our customers and with our team players on our team. We'll get back to the discussion shortly, but I did want to take a moment and again thank our sponsor, Farmer's Edge, for making this program possible. Farmer's Edge is proud to partner with dealers across the United States to unlock exceptional opportunities for their farm customers. Through innovative technology and field-centric tools, their whole farm, Smart Solution, will strengthen your platform and enhance your customer relations. Grow the opportunities for your customers and become a representative for Farmer's Edge today. Visit them at FarmersEdgeUSA.com slash become a representative or call them at 952-582-1398. One of the things Kevin noted is that when initially creating a precision marketing plan, the management team considered branding the precision farming department as a standalone business, but ultimately decided that it didn't fit with who the dealership was. He says they bought into the motto of selling Richie Implement, not just whole goods or service or parts or even precision. They sell the whole dealership. Kevin added that the key to the strategy was ensuring that precision wasn't just a necessary evil to help get a tractor sold, and that meant getting everyone in the dealership on the same page. Let's jump back into the program now and hear from Pete Youngblood on the value of selling yourself to customers as a cornerstone to building a reputable precision brand. 
My name is Pete Youngblood, and I'm the owner of Youngblood Ag. We're just a small precision company out of East Central Iowa. So my background, I actually worked for one of the major precision ag providers out there and had to start something different. I wanted to get closer to the farm. We farm with my dad and I wanted to be there and be a part of it. So moved back home, decided to start a precision ag business because that's what I'm good at, that's what I do. And now we've been in business for um, four going on five years and we've gone from nothing to something fairly substantial. So coming up here today, talking about marketing and how you get going with it, I went through and kind of broke it down to the simple stuff. I broke it down to what, what did I do? How in the heck did I grow a business out of nothing? Okay, so it all really starts with your brand. Who are you? And we just listened to Kevin here talk about we sell Richie Implement. It's the same thing with Young Blood Ag. I had a lot of customers that um, would tell me, you know, you got a great product. I really like my monitor, but I'm not buying a monitor. I'm buying you. I bought Pete. I paid for Pete. And that's really the key. I mean, that really sends it home because if you're not there for them, if you don't pick up the phone, if you don't want to talk to them on a weekend, you're not going to make that sale. And you really have to take that into account with what you're doing. So it, it's kind of as simple um, as the logo on my hat. We've had a lot of people comp compliment us on it. They said, what's with the why? Well, Youngblood's my last name. It starts with that. We came up with the logo, and people see that, and they notice me. They know who that is. So we implement that in with all the things that we offer. Um, we have products. We have services. We have the whole gamut. We do just about everything. A lot of people will ask, you know, what, what do you guys do? Are you just an ag leader dealer, or are you just a precision planning dealer, or what are you? Well, we do the whole gamut. We make it our business to be the best precision ag provider that there is in our area. That's our goal. That's who we are. That's who we want to be. So then you got to think about it a little bit more. You go, okay, why are these guys paying for me? What's, what makes me so great? Well makes me good because I do know all the answers to their questions. And if I don't, I sure as heck know somebody that does. So that's why they want to talk to me. They can walk into any big box store, and I'm going to pick on John Deere here, but you can walk into John Deere and everybody's got on the same green cap and everybody's got a Deere logo there, and that's what you're going to get. But if they walk into me, and we sit down and we talk about things, it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be, well, what tractor you got? Because I don't really care. I'm going to find the product that fits for what that guy wants. Not even just what he wants today, because today he just wants a light bar. Tomorrow he wants steering. A year from now, he wants planter controls. So we sit down and we take that all into account with the customer. 
So it's kind of a relationship building um, portion there. And that's really the biggest thing. Who are you, what do you do, and what are you gonna sell to that customer? So look back over everything and I went, okay, what, what got me here? How did I do this? Well, really, it's word of mouth. There's nothing that travels faster than the word of mouth. Okay, you go out there and you do a good job. You took care of that guy. He's going to tell all his buddies. You know, they might be at the bar that night having a few beers. And he's going, hey, I got this really sweet system and it does all of this stuff. And man, Pete was really good with it. He really knew how to do that, get that put in well made sure there wasn't, wasn't any wires showing and showed me how to use it and he, he really helped me, okay? That's great, that's what you want, that's what you have to do. You start with the basics by going out and doing a good job, being good at what you do. That can also kill you. Because if you go out and you half-ass it and you don't do a good job or you just wanted to hit that sales quota so you're going out and, well, you know, if, if I can get to this level, we'll get that extra discount or whatever else. So you're just kind of shoving stuff out the door. People notice that and they talk about it. We've got customers all over the entire state of Iowa and some outside of the state. Is that, are we targeting those customers? No, we weren't trying to do that. But they come to us, they call because, hey, I heard you, you handle this and that you know what you're doing. And they get that through that word of mouth. You know, you always see all the farmers standing in the coffee shop and, and talking about things. That's what this is all about. So you can take that to the next level. And what I liked to do is I would go in and I would pick out the chatty Kathy of the group. Okay, you go in and it's like, all right, I know this guy likes to go to meetings and he goes to farm shows and he just basically he just never shuts up. All right, we all know those guys, ones that you, you go and you talk to them and they got to tell you their life story. Well, if you pick out those customers, you can make them your salespeople. You can make them do stuff for you. And if you help them, you take care of them, you're going to turn them into your own salespeople. You know, you can even ask those guys, hey, um, you know anybody else that that does stuff like this or has a similar operation or might want to do something? That was something that somebody told me uh, years ago. They said, well, why don't you ask the guy if he's got any buddies? It's like, well, yeah, that's a good point. And then it just grows and grows from there. That's where I kind of came up with the idea of the free sales team, okay? So a free sales team, what the heck is that? What is, what is he talking about? Well, the way I look at it, is if I can go out and I can pick people that talk to a lot of other people, I just took word of mouth from Farmer Joe and Farmer Bob, and I took that to the next level. So I found people that are gonna get in front of a lot of others and let them go and do the talking for me. They aren't intentionally trying to. I'm not paying them to sell for me, but it comes up in conversation. So with us being a precision ag dealer and that's what we focus on, went out and you can partner with other people. I mean, all of us in this room can be partners and work together and all of us gain customers. Reason being, I work with the deer dealers 
I work with the case dealers. I work with the seed dealers. I work with all of these guys because if it's something that they don't know or they don't want to handle, but it is something that I'm good at, there's another referral. Okay, it kind of goes back to that word of mouth. They're talking about me and they've gone out and they're pushing, hey, these guys know what they're doing. They're really good with that. Well, now they're a salesperson. They just went out and passed me some referrals. They talked to people. They got that information out there, but I didn't have to pay anybody to do it. So when you're working on a budget, you really don't have a lot of cash, it's back to the basics. Let them go out, talk about it. You know, and that's how you can move stuff. So you can also go get involved. Okay, with, it can be as simple as an FFA chapter, you know, your local school, the college, whatever else might be around. You start working with these people, and it does essentially that same thing. So that's going to let you get out there. Okay, we all do the farm show circuit, right? Everybody hates standing around in the booth going, all right, anybody stop by, anybody going to talk to me or whatever. What do we think about it a little bit different? Okay, farm shows are fairly inexpensive. You don't have to spend a ton of money on them. You don't have to get really elaborate. But you can go in there and you can set up your booth and use it for a different purpose. For me, it's great. I'm one guy and I got to cover a lot of people, right? Well, if I know that 50 of my customers are hitting that farm show, well, now I just hit another touch point. I was able to stop and talk to them, but I didn't have to put 20,000 miles on my pickup to do it. Okay, that just saved me fuel, saved me time. And in the process, I make one sale, I probably paid for that booth and that time at that show. So you can use these things. You also have the ability then, it's, show, it's right there in the booth. Show them the new stuff. Show them what's going on. Say, hey, you know, I just sold you that monitor a couple years ago, but this new stuff came out. This is what's going on. This is what, what we're doing going forward and kind of educate them and get them up to speed. You don't have to sit there and say, hey, you should buy this. But you can sit there and show them what's going on and they're going to eat it up. Okay? Everybody's on the internet. Everybody's got a smartphone. This is a great place to get out there and, and keep up with customers. Everybody wants to research stuff before they buy it anymore. My wife always gives me a hard time. She goes, why do you got to research it to death? Can't we just get a TV and be done with it? Well, no, because I want the one that has all the sweet features, man. I want to watch Netflix on it and everything else, right? So people are doing that. Have a website. Get it linked to other websites. Get noticed that way because they'll check you out. It's so easy to just go to Google, type in a search for so-and-so's dealership or for this kind of a precision ag tool and... Boom, there you are. If you show up, they're going to call. You can also just utilize the vendor tools. So if I'm on the map, they can find me. We've had tons of people call in because they go, well, yeah, I just went to the website and, and they showed that you were a dealer. So do you handle this? Yeah, we do. And those are easy sales because they're looking for somebody to help and that's what we want to do. And it was kind of mentioned earlier but social media is definitely a very big one. It's very cheap, very easy. You pay to play. 
You spend 10 bucks and you get a thousand people to see it. Well, this is great. This is easy. And then people are talking and you can see the interaction. You can look at the insights on that stuff and that's going to help you gauge what's going on. But you're still kind of coming back to that word of mouth even with something like that because that's what social media is essentially, right? You get to go out and say, hey, I was doing this and all these people see it and talk about it. So went through and kind of talked about everything that is good to do, but here's some things that just don't do it. Okay, don't give in to the all these people that are calling and saying, "Hey, I want you to advertise with me." You know, it's a hundred bucks, and we're putting this ad together. Don't waste your time. Spend your money in the right places. Don't just go out and spend a bunch of money on advertising on all these different things just to try to get out there because the thing is, are they gonna look at it? Are they gonna read it? Is it important to them? You gotta weigh those options. So that's where, where I've gone with some of those items. Um, so kind of looking back over this to kind of recap, figure out who you are, figure out what your goal is. Is precision your priority or is it just moving the iron? Because kind of like Kevin mentioned earlier, well, we were just giving it away to get a piece of iron moved at first. Well, that's a little bit different than if you're, you're really in this game. Get out there, talk to people, build that relationship, build that trust with them, and let them do the talking. Because I'm sure all of us spend enough time on the phone talking as is on a daily basis. So let them go out and do the sales work for you. That way you don't have to spend a bunch of money to have a whole sales team and have a whole bunch of guys doing your tech because you can be doing all of that stuff at the same time. Other than that, general, internet, use the social media, use the tools that are out there, take advantage of it. Well, thank you to Kevin and Pete for sharing your experiences and advice on building a profitable precision marketing plan. And Pete noted that branding really starts with defining your objectives. And in his case, customers often prioritize his service over the products he sells. He said customers aren't buying a monitor, they're buying him. And by building a strong reputation for reliability, Pete said a key benefit is he can leverage good word of mouth to help make customers salespeople of not only his products, but his service. For those listeners who would like to see more of Kevin and Pete's presentations mentioned during the program, please visit www.precisionfarmingdealer.com. And I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program, so feel free to drop me an email at jzemlicka at lessetermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. And I'd like to again recognize and thank our sponsor, Farmer's Edge, for helping make this Precision Farming Dealer podcast series possible. And if you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to this series in iTunes or the Google Play Store to get an alert when upcoming episodes are released. And also just another reminder to plan to attend the upcoming Precision Farming Dealer Summit, January 8th and 9th in Louisville. Again, the theme of this dealer-only event is bridging the precision profitability gap 
and will feature a mix of general sessions, panel presentations, and roundtable discussions. Space is limited, and you can visit PrecisionFarmingDealersSummit.com for more information and updates. And you can also keep up on the latest precision farming news impacting your dealership by registering online for our free e-newsletter. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at PFD Editors and on our Precision Farming Dealer Facebook page. Well, I hope that you'll join us again on October 25th for the next episode in our 2017 podcast series. And I look forward to seeing you in Louisville this coming January at the third Precision Farming Dealer Summit. For Kevin Deppies, Pete Youngblood, Farmer's Edge, and our entire staff here with Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Jack Semlicka. Thanks for listening. Thank you.